Hello and welcome to the Mallow Street podcast where we're looking at careers in pensions. Today our guest is Daniel Taylor. He is the client director at third party administrator Trafalgar House and I will question him a bit about what it's like being an administrator. Daniel, you work for a third party uh, pensions administrator now. Can you tell us how you came to that field? Yeah, sure. Well, I think most people that work in pensions often say that they fell into it, uh, but I like to say that pensions uh, found me, um, and it's a field that I've kind of connected with and, uh, and stayed in, rather than the less than imaginative um, excuse that, that's often given by people um, who say they're just kind of stuck, stuck, stuck in the industry. Um, so how I came about to work in pensions is that after I left university, my original ambition was to uh, be a parliamentary um, assistant, so a civil, a civil servant. Mm-hmm. So I sat all of the normal graduate exams um, in each one of the departments around Westminster and university failed every single one of them. Um, and at that time, they had a waiting period. I think it was about a year before you could reapply and reset the exams. Uh, but I knew I wanted to do staying around London because I thought that's where my long-term career would be. So I hunted around and managed to find a graduate training scheme um, at a pensions company. And with the idea that actually I would only stay there for a year, reset my civil service sentence exam, and then hopefully get a 50-year-long career uh, in some dusty back office uh, working for some politician. Um, But thankfully... Thankfully, that didn't happen, and recent critical events have kind of cemented that view that I'm really grateful that that didn't happen. And actually, I found a pensions job um, and continue to work in the industry now for for about 20 years. Right. And um, so what does your role involve now, and how has it changed over the years? So I'm client director now at Trafalgar House. My job here is to oversee all of our client relationships, for our uh, various different pension schemes, um, look at what's coming down the road in the industry through whether it be that technological developments or legislative changes, and to make sure that the business is equipped, set up, and ready to deliver those um, changes and developments back to our clients. Um, it's a pretty mixed, varied role. So one day I might be um, seeing new clients and talking to them about how a transition program works. The next day I might be talking to retained clients and talking to them about how their liability management exercises uh, might be handled. And then the next day I might be talking to our internal business solutions team about um, a new piece of innovation or uh, development for the company that we might want to implement. Um, so it's got a huge amount of variation um, within the role. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds great. Um, is there, uh, do you look after DC and DB schemes? And is there a difference in how these are dealt with by an administrator? Yeah, so we look after DB and DC schemes. That's the experience of most third-party administrators. Our portfolio is mainly DB, though. A uh, good 80% of what, of what we do at Trafalgar House is looking after DB schemes. Um, the, the observation that you, you've made there in your question about variation in, in, in the types of functional role is, is an accurate one. So at the heart of the service, the fundamentals are the same between DB and 
DC administration. You still have to pick up the telephone. You still have to support members and answer their questions in terms of their benefits and long-term savings. And you still have to provide them with good communications and online tools. But then the next stage uh, in administration is significantly different for DB and DC administrators. And it's really the kind of technical overhead, the technical requirements involved uh, in DB and DC administration that are now markedly different. So technology has really filled a gap in the field of DC administration, making most processes straight through. And by that, we mean having very little or no user interaction in processes. So, for example, in the world of DC, someone could go on uh, go online, make an election for an investment, and uh, for that to flow through systems and back out into the message to the to the member to tell them that that whole process has been completed. That's uh, a straight through process. Whereas within DB, um, there is still a huge requirement for um, more technical skills that are required to reconstruct benefits from a first from a first principles basis. And by that, I mean without the use of a system or to reconfigure data or to put a, uh, an update um, into a system that has no uh, kind of system support. So the world of DB and DC has kind of, there's a chasm that exists between the two, uh, the two functions of administration. And that is a, a chasm, a change that um, we only see progressing over time. Which is making those two roles actually quite different within within most administration businesses. Mm -hmm. And we hear from everywhere that pensions administrators are under a lot of pressure with shortage of staff, some firms exiting the market, lots of special projects going on, such as GMP equalization, data cleansing for the dashboard. How is this changing the role of administrators? Yeah, well, that we hear a lot, a lot about those that 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 problem as as well, and it's really been brought about and been caused by a lack of long term thinking, and that's really what the administration market has suffered from: um, lack of uh, investment today in delivering long term solutions. And yeah, you're right; that has created a huge amount of of pressure in the market and a shortfall of uh, a shortage of administration staff. Um, so it has created a huge amount of, of, of pressure um, in the market. I mean, one thing that we are seeing is a, is a drive from a lot of pension schemes to do more than just the day-to-day, -to, -day, to do more than just the basic requirements of delivering the pension. And that involves a whole new mix of different skills and ideas that, the industry has now had to react to provide as well. I think most people think of administration as one function, the member service, how you deliver the benefits to members when they call up or they contact you. But actually, pensions administration is a whole environment, a whole um, spectrum of different functions and skills that are required to deliver, to deliver the, the overall service. And that might be from project management um, to data analysis, um, to computer programming. Um, so those demands are, are those new demands from clients wanting to do more um, is placing a whole new suite of demands on, on the pensions administration um, industry. So we look for skills that aren't just to do with that member service, but are to do with all the ancillary parts of, of delivering, delivering a wider strategy. And uh, how, do, how are you coping with that? How do administrators well, deal with it? Well, there is a 
there's, 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 there's two approaches. One is to start building more skills in-house. And I think everybody who's got a long-term uh, view of this market is starting to do that. And so you'll see a rise in terms of apprenticeships um, in the market. You'll also see a lot of people um, now entering the market as school leavers um, and going through internal training programs with administrators to build up those skills because we know they're just not available in the market. But the other way that the market has reacted as well is to make these jobs far more competitive. So we're seeing salaries rise in the market quite sharply uh, for some of those more specialist skills um, that um, are a little bit harder to find. So actually, somebody who's looking at the market from a careers perspective, it's a really good time to get into the market because there's either lots of uh, training and development opportunities available, or if you're more or if you're more of a seasoned pro, then actually salaries are increasing and demand for those for those roles is is also increasing as well. Um, so it's a good time to be a pensions administrator. Okay, and those special skills that you mentioned that come at a premium, can you? Mm. Yeah, so anything to do with systems, programming, development, um, analysts, those those roles are in high demand. Um, so if anybody's got any skills in those areas, then they'll find that it's a great, great time to be in the market. Um, and also, what uh, one area that, that we're, we're, we're seeing a real, real pinch on is actually very experienced defined benefit team leaders and senior administrators. Um, because of the maturity of, of the market, we've seen an awful lot of people exit the market either through um, retirement or redundancy or, or deciding to make a change. So at that more senior level um, within the market of very well-trained, knowledgeable, um, experienced DB uh, administration professionals, that's another area where there tends to be a bit of a pinch. Of course, a lot of clients as well are going through liability management exercises um, as well. So you need a mix of highly skilled DB administrators to facilitate that, that, those programs. But you also need great project managers as well. And project management is another real growth area within, within the industry and another career uh, where there's also a, a bit of a pinch. There's also um, um, a bit of a limit on, on those skills. Okay, that's interesting. And um, given all those changes in uh, the sort of how administration um, is developing, um, how would you rate the work-life balance of pensions administrators? Um, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very difficult question because we hear of some absolute horror stories where departments and administrators are in such dire straits that administrators are working incredibly long hours and weekends and they're servicing a dissatisfied membership um, because of course it, it becomes a bit of a self kind of fulfilling prophecy whereby you're limited on resources uh, people aren't available so the service becomes stretched um, quite rightly members become dissatisfied with the level of service complaints rise which creates more work, and then you get this endless cycle where uh, administrators are put on a huge amount of pressure just to get things out the door and get things done, and members are dissatisfied. So there are areas within the market, and we hear about it all the time, that actually administrators are in a bit of a difficult situation where there's a huge amount of pressure being placed on them. In other parts of the, of the market, um, we hear that actually it's more cyclical. So at certain times of the year, things become particularly busy and pinched, as they do in any business. But actually, the, the, the remainder of the year is a well-managed, well-run um, period where administrators get to have a, a, a good work-life balance. 
the latter examples tend to be where there's higher levels of automation and uh, uh, administrators have invested far more in technologies. Um, so if people are looking at a, for, for a career move, um, I think they should approach um, their next administrator, um, their next employer, in the same way that a lot of trustees do, and ask questions around, you know, what are the levels of automation within your operation? What are your SLAs? What are your average turnaround times? What, what are your complaint uh, rates like? And I think if uh, people are out in the market looking for a career, then there's some really important questions. They should also approach the market like a buyer would. And if they identify that uh, that uh, process is being well run, administrator has low level of complaint, and that's probably a really great employer to work for. Mm-hmm. So it's important to be discerning in choosing which administrator yeah. to work for. Yeah, people can at the moment because there is this demand. Um, so so why wouldn't you be? And sometimes it's not just about taking the, the highest salary. Sometimes it is about finding the best organization um, where you can really deliver a great service and leave at a reasonable time um, of the day. Yeah. And um, earlier you said pensions has found you um, and they're yeah. very happy about working in pensions. What, what is working in pensions giving you? Um, well, for me, it's... Uh, it's a mix of all the things that, are, that I'm really interested in that gets me most excited. It, for, for me, it, it does a number of things. One is it mixes the human and technology uh, uh, sides of, of business and operations together. So you can work on some really interesting um, technology innovations, um, which, which I find particularly Exciting and they're really great projects because you can see immediately the benefit of invest, investing and implementing new systems or processes. But then, of course, the other side is actually interacting with people, and that, that this is a huge part of how the market runs. Whether you're dealing with clients, or sponsors, or trustees, or whether you're dealing with members, and so you kind of get the, the, the best of both worlds. You get to to, to work uh, with uh, new technologies, new developments, but also you still get the human side as well. The other thing, I mean, the thing that I kind of say to my pub, uh, to, my, to my friends that down the pub, is that pensions offers you a very stable long-term career, whereas a lot of businesses are very reactive to what the more general consumer market is. Pensions isn't like that, um, and it's insulated from an awful lot of what happens out there in the real world. Um, so you, it gives you the opportunity to to build a long-term career in a very secure market um, and that sounds boring <laughs> but it's a real it's a real benefit yeah and but has there ever been a time when you thought or when you felt like you wouldn't want to be in pensions um of course there's there's, there's, there's times like that i think everybody would 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 feel that in their career um i think the most difficult times are when there have been kind of global legislative changes or, or updates um, that have been actually really complex and difficult to implement, and you're dealing with a constrained capacity, but then you've got clients that are wanting to get things done quickly, and that can create a sometimes a healthy friction where you've got on one side the demands to get things done, uh, but it can also create an unhealthy friction where you sometimes feel you have to compromise 
on something in order to get things across the line. Um, and resisting that compromise, especially within administration, for me has been one of the key lessons of my career, that actually it's far better to say, no, I, I can't do it or we won't do it, um, and not sacrifice quality and sustainability because it's kind of easy to do. It's easy to do that. And have clients uh, stayed? Or have they... Have they uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes and no. Um, some, some have stayed and some have left. Um, I mean, what, what I've personally seen is a, is a change in the market probably over the last five to six years where um, the market isn't as driven by short-termism anymore and it's certainly not as driven by price anymore either. Um, which is which is really good, and so actually it's far easier to have sensible grown-up conversations with clients without the threat of getting fired about doing the right thing over the long term. And you know, often it might take a little bit longer than you'd like, and it might be a little bit more expensive. Uh, but I think everybody's lessened the le uh, learned the lessons of that short-termism, quick-fix um, culture that the industry is is now paying the price for. Mm -hmm. And um, you said this is something that you've learned to, to say no to clients sometimes. Um, has anyone given you advice or has anyone, have you had anyone who's helped you uh, in your career to come where you are now? Um, yeah, just, uh, just so, so many people have, 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 have helped me over my career. I think the ones that really stick out are actually um, the clients that have, uh, trustees that have been brave enough um, to trust me, and in the past, kind of take 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 a risk with with solutions that I've given them to 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 their issues. Because um, you 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 learn so much from your colleagues and friends around the industry, but those people that have really made a difference to my career have been those that have, I think those trustees and those trustee boards that have truly gone out in the market and asked for something uh, different, found it, and then have been first adopters of, of, of something, be it a solution or a provider. Um, and we have worked together collaboratively um, to build something that's been, that, that's been really good. I think those, are, that those uh, relationships, those, those people have really stuck in my mind because actually they stay their career and their reputation on supporting me um, rather than just giving me some advice that that's been useful um, and I yeah I, I, I never uh, forget the people that have gone out and, and done that it's, um, yeah it's, it, it's been really uh, well I'm really grateful for it excuse me <clears throat> um, and uh, what's been the highlight of your career to date Oh, there's been so many of them. <laughs> that's a really, that's a really difficult, uh, that's a really difficult question because I don't think you ever see your career in terms of a particular moment. Um, it's so gradual, isn't it? And uh, you just see things sort of moving ahead quite slowly, and they're, and they're all they're all marginal gains. You don't think you ever sit back and say, yeah, you know, that that's that, that's been an absolute moment. Um, so yeah, it's it's that, that's a that's a really difficult one for me to answer. Um, do you think you will remain in your current field for some time to come? Yes, de definitely, definitely. I've yeah, I've never I've never had a role in my career that I, that I've enjoyed so, so much. 
um, like like I said, it just where it's all the most interesting parts um, of I think what this what this industry can offer, um, and it has given me the privilege to work with some really super intelligent, interesting people. And every week, every month, I, I meet new people. I see new things that I just continue to find exciting. So uh, I've definitely found um, an area, a niche within the market um, that, that, that I absolutely love. And um, not everyone who works in pensions, obviously people talk about pensions every day, but not everyone who works in pensions is actually as diligent with their own re retirement planning um, as they are with that of others. What about yourself? <laughs> right okay caught out no i'm not diligent in my retirement planning I, I do not practice what what i what i preach um i i, uh, I do try um but I, I tend to find that i have these bouts of, of, of real obsessive interest um certainly in terms of where i'm investing um and then neglect it for very long periods um so yeah, I, I'm, I'm not diligent. Um, I, it's not like I, 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 try, I meaningfully try to avoid it. It's just that uh, I think I'm the same as everybody else um, out there. Where actually, personally, it's quite hard to get engaged. Um, I find the time to do, to do it. Mm -hmm. And um, do you ever think about retiring, or do you plan to keep working? Well, I think for, for me, the idea of Retiring completely is kind of not not on the horizon. Um, I, I I don't think. Well, personally, I I don't think retirement for me would look like the the kind of linear. One day you're working, the next you're you're not. I think there will be a new a new type, a new form of retirement where it might be reduced hours or reduced week or uh, a number of different roles, and that. The retirement that I would want um, work plays such a meaningful part in my in my life and in, and an enjoyable part of my life that actually I can't conceive of a time where I would stop working completely. Um, but at the minute, I'm a long way away from even considering that. Perhaps in another 20 years, um, I might have a completely different view. <laughs> and in fact, my colleagues around me may have a completely different view. And before forcing me to take form of retirement. Okay. And um, is there any advice you would give someone who's just starting out in the field of pensions administration? Well, what, I would, what I would say is there are so many opportunities um, available to you to do so many different things. And oft, often it's, uh, it's a hard step to, to, to volunteer for something. Um, and by that, I mean, it might be something that you're not familiar with doing, or it might have an additional time um, commitment from you, but do it. If you ha ever have an opportunity to get involved in something else, and it might be working on a side project, it might be getting involved in a client, it might be going to a meeting, it could be something very small, then take the opportunity. And that's always what I did throughout my career. If anybody ever needed a volunteer, I would be there doing it because I wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. But the other thing it gets you is exposure with the right people. Um, and as soon as you start to get noticed, 
and then you start to get more invitations to do to do new things. And I accept it uh, will have a, a time commitment on you, and it will probably be quite scary. Uh, but learn as much as you possibly can, and get exposure to as many different things as you possibly can. So take those opportunities when they present themselves. And. In terms of the wider sort of pensions landscape, is there anything you would change if you had the power to? Um, well, the biggest thing that I would change is the is complexity of DB pensions. There are some fantastic ideas about how this whole market can be radically simplified um, and to and not at the risk of people losing out either. There are some really interesting solutions out, out there um, about how this could be tackled. Royal London um, released a white paper earlier in the year um, on the uh, on the pensions power, which I found really fascinating. Um, so I would look to simplify it um, as much as it possibly can, but it would take real radical legislation. And unfortunately, the people that would lose out are administrators, consultants, advisors, because all of the huge fees that go around in the market for providing advice to these highly complex arrangements would disappear overnight. So I think that's part of the reason why those more radical ideas haven't been embraced as broadly within, within, within the market. Um, but if it was down to me, that's absolutely what, what, what I would do. I think it would benefit members, would benefit the industry. Um, but yeah, it would be quite a radical set of steps that would need to be taken to achieve that. Yeah. Daniel, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Excellent. If you want to learn more about pensions and the careers that are available within pensions, listen to our other podcasts or go to mallowstreet.com.